0: Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Goals Allowed podcast. I'm your host Anthony and I'm joined for this show by Shane and Richard. Uh, We're discussing two topics today. First of all, the best ever individual performances we've seen, and secondly, the best ever captains, mainly focusing on the Premier League. Hope you enjoy the show and if you do want to follow us, we are on Twitter and Facebook at Goals Allowed Podcast.
1: So I've got three that I I really can't decide behind. I've got sort of slightly different reasons for all of them. So my first one is one you're both going to, I think, really appreciate. And it's a player I've given a lot of stick to in the last season. And that's David De Gea versus Arsenal. Purely on the basis, keepers almost never get credited for sort of, you know, game winning performances. They can do game saving performances, but not game winning performances. And in that match, he did something like 33 saves, which is absurd. It it was probably one of the finest examples of a shot-stopping goalkeeper performance in history. And I genuinely think there's actually a case for that. So I almost think that really does have to be thought about. And I think that's, I'm mostly mentioning that one because I always think the goalkeepers don't get appreciated. We always look at people who are scoring goals and that kind of thing. But that is, what he did was as good as a striker scoring probably two hat-tricks if we're being realistic so i think that deserves to be in there with a mention my other two are ones which are more tied to my own memories i know they're sort of not the greatest performances of all time but they're quite tied to sort of my own sense of nostalgia and connection to football michael owen versus germany Mm -hmm. now that was i think one of the first england games i really remember us winning and me watching 2001, I'd have been about seven years old, so probably for the first time I'm actually trying to actually understand how football works. Owen scores a hat-trick. Heskey scores as well. But Michael Owen's performance against what was still a good Germany team, not an amazing Germany team by any measure, but a good Germany team, I think it's kind of impressive for a striker who's not... As young as he was... Not necessarily in prime, but for Michael Owen, in hindsight, I was definitely in his prime. To do it as well against a really good team, I think that's a really difficult thing. A lot of the time you look at these individual performances, they're not always against really good teams, but that's a really good team, and it was away from home. So I think that's a really special one. And the other one is Gareth Bale, single-handedly, taking it to Inter Milan. Because... well I've, the one, reason- be one of my... Yeah, the one reason I love that one is because I've never seen a player score three goals that are exactly the same. <laughs> and just The other players know exactly what he's doing every single time and can't do anything about it. It's just an example of sheer physicality and technique, completely bamboozling a quality team, making great players look distinctly average. I think that kind of, as a, as a sort of individual example of skill and ability, I think that's really, really up there. So that for technical skill, Owen for sort of the nostalgia sake, and David De Gea for the fact that, quite frankly, I don't, didn't think anyone else was going to mention it, and Jesus Christ, what a performance. I think, as well, in,
2: in regards to the Gareth kind of Bale performance, like Inter Milan at the time were holders of the, the Champions League, they'd won it the previous year. Mycon was one of the best full-backs in the world at the time, and he. He never recovered from that game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and if you if you look at the Inter Milan team, it's it's a quality Inter Milan team. You've got Julio Cesar, Zanetti, Lucio, Maicon, Walter Samuel, uh, Christian Chivu, Stankovic, Schneider, Coutinho, Eto, and then Biabiani, who's obviously not a great player, but I'd say the rest of them are sort of when you're when you're almost imagining peak into Milan in the last twenty years, I think that's pretty damn close to it. <laughs> so again, a really good team to go and do that to. And when you're a player who just does literally the same goal three times in a row, it's just proof of they, they couldn't stop it even if they wanted to.
0: Yeah, he was on my list as well, Bale. And, and as yeah, as here as as Richard said, um, with with Mike on being there, I remember he was. Um, He was ridiculed when he joined City a year later because all the English fans knew him for that performance, even though he was, in fact, one of the best right-backs. But yeah, some good choices. Um,
1: Just just as a quick point, it's worth remembering in that game, Tottenham were down to 10 men mm. as well, from like the first 10 minutes or something. So (laughs) it takes quite a lot of ability to single-handedly pull your 10-men team against a home Inter Milan side, who are one of the best teams in Europe at the time. And just do that by yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, with De Gea, um, I, I, I think you've made a good choice with that one. But uh, also his performance against Spurs when uh, when United beat them one nil. Um, it wasn't twenty something saves. I think it was eleven off the top of my head. But um, a load of them with his feet and a couple of amazing saves in there as well. Just another one I'd like to I'd like to throw into the ring. Um, the
2: one for De Gea that uh, always brings to mind for me was. Uh, the game versus Chelsea, where it was very early into his United career, and it was at that point where so many teams were, were bullying him, and he just didn't look right for the Premier League. I remember games versus like Liverpool, where they just put all their the big players jostling De Gea, and then he had this game versus Chelsea, and he, he his confidence just grew during the game. He pulled off a couple of absolutely stonking saves. And it was, I think it was that game that just sort of said, yeah, I'm here now. Mm.
1: It's the thing about goalkeepers is we talk all the time now about, you know, ball-playing goalkeepers, they've got to be good at passing. But when you remember great goalkeepers and great goalkeeping performances, you remember shot-stopping. At the end of the day, that's what a good goalkeeper does. And at that day, I honestly think that's well within a shout of being the best shot-stopping performance for a goalkeeper. Which yeah, I think if we're talking about that, the, that's as good as, that
2: as as throw a ball to the halfway yeah. line
1: if you're talk if you're trying to be relative and sort of you yeah. know have every position being equal, a goalkeeper doing that is as good as a, any striker having the best game of apad i i think if you're if you're trying to say every position is equal, which is why I've included that one
0: richard what are your
2: what are your thoughts on uh, best ever performance you've seen um as I'm older than uh, the pair of you, then I have to give a nod to uh the 1986 world cup uh and a certain argentinian by the <laughs> name of diego maradona uh that performance versus england yeah like sure there was the hand of god but then his other goal was for me the the greatest world cup moment mm I watched the Maradona documentary
0: a couple of weeks ago. That's uh that had that game in it amongst amongst others and, and obviously being at the age he was before my time, but just what a player he was. He's you
2: know I think, uh, I, think I think that's it as well. It's like you look at other World Cup winning teams and you know, you've got your Pelés or like you think of the French team with Zidane. Uh, or the the uh, later Brazilian ones with Ronaldo. They all had lots of very good players in them. That Argentina side had a couple of OK players in it, but it was Maradona that won that World Cup. He lifted that team far beyond what it was really capable of.
1: I'm (laughs) solely questioning the fact that you're English, Richard. Earlier this week, you were criticising cricket. Now you're turning around and saying Diego Maradona, Hand of God performance is the greatest performance of all time. You are not an Englishman. I I do not care one (laughs) idea
2: where my parents had sex.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Would you compare what Maradona did to uh, Cristiano Ronaldo in the Euros when Portugal won it? You know, they just sort of uh, you know, they had a decent side but they weren't a side
2: that you'd expect to have won it and it was almost Ronaldo uh, single handedly. It, it was far more than that because you've got to remember with Ronaldo, he didn't even he came off in the final. Hmm. Of course. Uh yeah, he, he Ronaldo obviously was fantastic up to that point, but Maradona um I he he was for me the the greatest player of up until nowadays, uh, we've got Messi and Ronaldo uh, to throw into the mix. But Maradona was the, the greatest player for me.
0: Well, Nick, Nick reckons Cristiano Ronaldo's por- uh, performance for Portugal against Spain in the World Cup 2018 in with a shout. Um, his other his other uh, nomination was Tim Krull uh, for Newcastle uh, against Tottenham as well. Uh, another goalkeeping one. I suppose it's, it's easier for goalkeepers to sort of stand out and you know, single-handedly save a game if you like.
1: I think that the ironic thing about Ronaldo and Messi is that they've had so many good games with the standard is so high to point out a remarkable game for them is actually quite difficult (laughs) Mm. (laughs) because there's just so many you could pick from that you almost discount the lot, don't you? Mm. Yeah, I think if you're going
2: with a Messi performance then it'd be the one versus United in the The Champions Champions League Final. final. Yeah, yeah.
0: I actually put Iniesta v Man United in the same game um, on my list. Um, but that was, a, that was an incredible Barcelona performance. And, and yeah, I suppose either of the two. Um, I think
1: one, one of the, the points almost Richard was making before, though, with Maradona is that Maradona did that in a not very great Argentinian team. Messi did that for Barcelona in quite possibly the best ever Barcelona team but you know, that's true, peak Barcelona. It is quite impressive when a player manages to do something when either all the other players are performing or it's not a very good team or they're up against a much better team. I think that's where it's almost like even more remarkable.
2: Uh, I was going to pick Gareth Bale. Uh, I'll, one of the others I'll go with is, again, against... Uh, sort of like Navadona against England, uh, this one is David Silva uh, for City against United. Which? Uh, this, is, this was the, the sixth one <laughs> when uh, it pretty much sort of uh, showed the, the turning of the tide. Um, that They uh, announced themselves, really, as the, the noisy neighbours. Well, that was the season they ended up with the Aguero moment, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, but David Silver, um, like he may be leaving at the end of the season. He may be staying on for, uh, until it sort of all played out. But, uh, he for me has probably been my favourite player in the Premier League for the last 10 years. I think he mm. just absolutely loses class.
1: I think I think of, even though everyone recognises how good he is, I arguably think he's one of the most underrated players of all time. And he's still uh, regarded yeah, as a <laughs> he, he,
2: He's just his ability to, even if he's got sort of three or four players around him, somehow manage to then get space. Mm. I, I've never seen a player in the Premier League just be so aware of where everybody else is.
1: I would say he's probably, as as a Southampton fan, he's the closest thing I've seen to a Letizia-type player. In <laughs> terms of the way he dribbles with the ball, no pace at all, <laughs> but just suddenly glides past people, is in space that you cannot recognise how. As fredded through a ball and finishing is... David Silver's finishing is pretty damn close to perfect doesn't always get into positions for it because often he's more you know, providing those things. But just that ability for a player who's not very quick or necessarily the most athletic type to just walk past these players through pure technical ability with the ball. Uh, mm. It's kind of breathtaking when you do get to see those players. I prefer that to watching the really fast, you know, Ronaldo-type dribbling players. Mm. Yeah. Uh, my,
2: my last one, uh, I'm going to give as a bit of a, a different one, is Eber's performance versus England. Again, <laughs> versus England.
1: Oh, my God, Richard. You've picked an Argentinian against England, a City player <laughs> against United, and another England defeat. It,
2: it, it is sort of that sort of way, though, because another one that I was very close to picking uh, was the other Ronaldo versus United. <laughs> and it, It's that sort of... Um, it's one of those moments, it's, it's sort of like your, your Rocky Four type moment where the crowd during the game sort of just recognised just how good the your opponent is.
1: cheering for Rocky.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and that was it with um, Dijberimovic's uh, performance against England. But that last think- goal was just something. Do you think there are parallels with, uh,
0: Ronaldo, Fat Ronaldo, uh, as hat trick against, uh, against United and Gareth Bales in the San Siro? You know, you got two sort of iconic stadiums, a hat trick and losing on the night. But, you know, that player emerged with, um, you know, with a hell of a lot of credit. And, and if I recall correctly, I think Bale got applauded as well by the San Siro like, uh, Ronaldo did. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think there's a lot in that.
1: Uh, it's, it's kind of weird that some, sometimes almost the things that you really hate to remember can be some of the better things to remember, I think, in sport. Not an individual performance, but one of my most distinct England memories is that game against Algeria. You know, what was it? South Africa? Oh, my oh God, God. What have
2: 2010.
1: Yeah, what an absolutely... Terrible game, and I honestly think that was the moment that most England fans just decided they didn't actually like England anymore. <laughs> their their patience was done; <laughs> they were finished, and they really had to have it reearned back. I honestly think that game was the turning point. <laughs> but I, th- I think sometimes those sort of really negative ones they almost signify a little bit more because they they kind of have more impact, especially for your teams. So I think mm. that's that's why sometimes we go to them. Yeah, Um, I I think the the thing
2: with with the ones I've picked, though, it is very much that yeah, a a player's done so well that he's got the opposition. You know, and and football fans are not fans that will easily clap or say, "Oh, well done," and in respect. So it takes a lot for opposition fans to do that.
1: I do remember a distinct, uh, it was a Thierry Henry performance against Portsmouth, who had the Portsmouth fans cheering him off at the end. I was thinking at that time, like, I don't like Pompey, but, uh, fair enough. <laughs> Turns out he would completely rob Ireland of a chance to go to a World Cup a little bit later on, so, but, you know, good player. Um, one I've
0: got written down, which not me, uh, not mentioned, uh, Gerard De last year for Watford against Wolves in the FA Cup semi final, he, he came off the bench. And I know this goes against what you're saying about preferring technical David Silva type players, but but he came on and and just changed the game and, and sent uh, Watford to the final. Um, I thought that was a terrific performance. I'd just like to mention.
1: I think you could put that, put that in the sort of sense of great cut performances or, you know, like great substitutions and coming on. I think that could be in that area, definitely.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, that's another one, isn't it? Substitutions and how they can come on and completely change a game. Like, um, uh, Jeff Horsfield for Watford, another random, uh, sorry, for West Brom, uh, on the last day of the season where they avoided relegation. He came on and scored within a minute.
2: Uh, first touch. Um, and, well, the and, nine, uh, 99, uh, Champions League final
1: oh, no. oh, I'm <laughs> not even the Man United fan here man <laughs> I thought you were saying no. Jeff Orsville played in the 99 <laughs> Champions League final don't <laughs> totally remember
2: that. <laughs> no but for a sub-impact then you you, you can't do much better than that mm-hmm. the two that you put on both score the, the goals that Winning an injury term Very true And of course uh, of course, United get into the
0: Champions League final uh, Thanks to Roy Keane in the semi-final
2: Yeah, none of us have, have, have mentioned that before Because I think it's one that we've probably discussed uh, a few times But that is the iconic captain's performance Mm-hmm
0: so would would you say Roy Keane's the greatest ever ever captain in the Premier League?
2: For me, is like perhaps attack. Well, obviously he would not take prisoners. It uh, would It he wouldn't take fools gladly. Uh, I imagine that some of his teammates lived in utter fear of him. <laughs> uh have you ever seen the sort of um the shows that he's done at times with Gary Neville? And they'll, they'll recount uh tales of like training camps and such. I think I've and seen a couple just... of minutes
0: of it on YouTube
2: and unlike uh
0: like, like in a theatre type atmosphere, like
2: yeah. uh and they'll they'll sort of just talk about What went on uh, behind the scenes, and Gary Neville sort of been mentioning stuff, and you could see that Roy Keane stare of like, no, that is not what happened, and this is what happened. This is the gospel, and you shall not disagree with it.
1: He's uh, my favourite pundit. Genuinely, <laughs> <laughs> I love. He just doesn't have any pretensions and doesn't accept anything other than like just the most reasonable position. Anything that's slightly, even slightly outlandish, what people are saying, just to get a reaction. I just love his whole nonsense. <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> he just doesn't put up with it. <laughs> calls bullshit straight away. I love him for it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I and I, just as a captain, he. Although he may disagree or think that you know the prawn-munching brigade uh, or that some players were of the standard for the club, as soon as he walked on the pitch, if any of the opposition just dared look at one of his teammates, he'd he'd be the front of the queue to, to sort it out.
1: I think if you're looking at it objectively, it's really hard to disagree with Roy Keane. The only other thing is you, there are some other options there. There's... John Terry, because I mean, I'm pretty sure this is Chelsea's most successful period in their club's entire history. So the most successful captain, obviously, gets a look in on that. Steven Gerrard, but at the same time, I don't think Liverpool did much in the Premier League, obviously, because we're talking about Premier League captains. Patrick Vieira, again, an obvious one. But to be honest, if you're saying Patrick Vieira, Roy Keane is, you know upgraded Patrick Vieira <laughs> in terms of the actual accomplishments in the league. Uh, but the only one I think that can genuinely be a contender, is Vincent Company, purely because that's that's Man City turning around from being, you know, kind of a joke club into being the dominant force. And even with all the money, I genuinely don't think it's possible without Vincent Company. I don't think they do what they did without Vincent Company. And on top of that, as much as Roy Keane is your almost archetypal version of a great captain, you know, the sheer amount of fear and respect he had... The other side of it as well with Vincent Company is he had, I almost I think he did have almost complete respect from just about everyone in the Premier League from both sides of Manchester. Was a very good person, and had a really good impact on the city as a whole. Yeah. I think that's got to be sort of kept in mind as well because a captain isn't just a leader on the pitch, or a leader off the pitch. And I think that's where you can almost say there's a slight question about Roy Keane because he, well, in the way that he's always been, you know, completely willing to be honest about his opinions. He sometimes obviously sort of pushed people the wrong way. I think Vincent Company has been... If you if you were t- talking about examples of positive immigration, you would say Vincent Company might be in with being the best immigrant in England in all of history. I think mean, there's a real yeah. example for that. So I think his impact both on and off the pitch makes him a real contender. But I think if I'm being objective, I do go with Roy Keane. But I mm. think Vincent Company deserves a real, real mention. Now. If you're looking at
2: it as sort of... Uh... An office job, then you'd certainly want Vincent Company to be your your line manager rather than Roy Keane. <laughs> 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 yeah. So you would not want to work under Roy Keane, wouldn't you? As your your line manager. <laughs>
0: You see, for me, I think, I think John Terry and, as, as Shane mentioned, and, and company, I think the fact that they played under so many managers and had so many mercenary type players coming in and out, um, gives them more credit. Whereas Man United, you've got the class of 92, you've got Alex Ferguson, you've got such a stable squad and club atmosphere. Um, I, I think Terry and company deserve a lot more credit for that. For you know, company in particular, you know, players like the Robinho's, the Tevez's, who didn't give 100%, didn't, you know, didn't care about the club, but company did. Um and, and for me, this, this, I put company above Roy Keane. Perhaps it's an age thing that I've just, you know, and, and living in Manchester, seeing, you know, he's just, he's liked, I, I know, I despise him for some of the performances he's put in against Man United, but I, I, I think, I think Vincent Company's had a fantastic career at Manchester City and, and done it in a much more difficult environment to where Roy Keane was. I mean, it'd be interesting if they had Roy Keane as captain at City in that time where, um, you know, where it was
2: turbulent
0: and whether they'd do the same thing again.
1: All the reasons you imagine.
2: Imagine Roy Keane with, like, the likes of uh, Ravino. Oh, God, he would
1: not have tolerated that at all. He'd <laughs> have killed him. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think all the I, reasons you've given there are, are are completely legitimate. The one thing I'll say is I think Roy Keane is in first because if I would if I were to pick any captain to be my club's captain, I would pick Roy Keane. Maybe that's mainly just because he's my kind of player and I kind of I hate that I love Roy Keane, but I think it's actually surprisingly close between the likes of Keane, Company and Terry.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah. Well like I had the the analogy of like uh the, the line manager thing, but if you if you were a group of mates on a night out and some other lads got a bit shirty, you'd want Roy Keane as the guy with you, wouldn't you?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I reckon Terry could do a job. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be the no, reason they
2: got shirty. No, Terry would be like man in the the toilet shagging the, the girl that you fancy. <laughs> <laughs> That'd
0: be a good fight, uh, good topic for a future show. Best five-a-side team uh, for a fight.
2: I can I'd have, I'd have company as fourth on my list. Ooh, who are you going okay. for? A, who else are you putting in there? Uh, as my top three, I'd have uh, Gerard as number three, <laughs> Terry as number two, uh, and Keane as number one.
1: The Go only problem here. I've got with Gerard is that. Premier League, if we're talking Premier League captains rather than just Premier League clubs if it's Premier League never actually won a title, did it? I, <laughs> the, the others did I, I, If you're talking about as, as pre- captain of a club obviously Champions League are now, but yeah, fine
2: Yeah, I, I think you've got to include the, the Champions League w- within this topic okay.
1: Then yeah, that's totally fine, that's now entirely understandable and completely reasonable
0: um, it's a bit difficult for us to, well, for me anyway, to really comment on it, but are there any foreign captains you look at, you know, not necessarily Premier League, who you'd, um, who you'd consider? Carlos great... Peele? Mm-hmm.
1: That's, I mean, that's a pretty damn obvious one. I mean, him and Ramos, arguably, Ramos I'd say you could include as well because Real Madrid have had arguably their most successful European period in their history. Mm-hmm. Not most successful necessarily in the league, but again, if we're sort of talking about Gerard for Liverpool, I think he's in there in the same same category, and he has been one of the best defenders in the world for a very long time now. But again, if you're talking about like centre-back captains, Carlos Puyol is kind of exactly what you would describe him as before you even knew him, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. He, if you were saying, this is what I want my archetypal centre-back captain to be, you kind of end up describing Puyol. <laughs> mm.
0: Does Ronaldo Ronaldo comes to mind for me? What, I know he wasn't. I know Ramon. Yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo. Well, I'm, I'm thinking more Portugal than than at club level, but I I, I think the amount he you know gives to that team, the drive he has, and how infectious he is to other players with that, I,
1: I think I think he's I think he's a great captain as well. I great player, obviously. I don't think you can have Selfish player as your captain, not not that not that it can't work because obviously he did lead that Portugal team to a European Championship, but it's it's like leading from the front in a very different way. I, yeah, yeah, I, I, it's not the type of captaincy that I personally consider to be you know again the archetypal type of captaincy. Hmm. Fair
2: enough.
1: Yeah, it, it's an, it's
2: not one Ronaldo because he has. He clearly shows, like during that Portugal run, that he does care clearly for his, his country and he has that pride in the rest of his team. Um, and he, you know, he was so willing them on to win in that final when he came off. Mm. But they, he does have that clearly. I, it, it's all about me.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I would say the argument is quite clearly that he wanted to win the European Championship more than he wanted Portugal to win it <laughs> and I think that, that's almost like the little bit of difference is I don't think when it's, when say Roy Keane's winning a title he's thinking oh good Roy Keane's won a title he's thinking United have won a title the team's won a title and as much as the, the result is not necessarily that different I'll put it this way Ronaldo could not be a captain for 10 years because he'd mm-hmm. just piss off too many of his teammates I of Roy Keane pissed off a lot of people, but that's because it was almost like finning the herd, <laughs> getting rid of the worst elements more often than not. And the same same thing about companies. I think at the heart of a good captain is a good team leader, is a good is someone who's good at teamwork. You don't mm-hmm. describe Ronaldo and good at teamwork in the same sentence.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, okay so, so I'm
2: gonna well, uh, two I throw into the mix: um, Zidane uh, when he was a captain for the, the French side. Uh uh but the one I'm going for is actually uh Huh. Uh he won I think it was five Italian trophies, uh I think three what was then the the European Cups. Mm. Bit before
1: my time, but Uh,
2: Yeah. That HC Milan side of uh the eighties uh and early nineties, that was a an absolute. You, you talk about that uh, the Barca side, the AC Milan side was something special as well. Mm-hmm. You got players
0: like uh, Cannavaro as, well, uh, as well, and Philip Lahm as well. Philip Lahm, I know, he's got a lot of credit. You know, obviously, he was he was a uh, Bayern and Germany's, uh, you know, a key man for them. But it's sort of it's sort of hard for me to comment on him, because it's not like the Premier League where you're seeing that player and you're hearing their interviews every week and stuff. I think it's a bit harder to sort of have an opinion on how much of an influence that captain is.
1: I think it's, it's, it's basically a fair point to say. Uh, he's the same kind of person as Carlos Peele is in terms of it's the team first in every instance. But I almost think the difference is that Germany team, when they won, was expected to win. That Bayern team, when they won, was expected to win. They were often... That Bayern team was, by a distance, the best team just about every single year in the... Bundesliga apart from that short period when Dortmund turned up I think it's it's a bit like what you said with the difference between company and Roy Keane is that for a captain who can take a non-winning team and turn it into a winning team that's something special for someone who can take a winning team and keep them winning as Mm. much as that's that's an an achievement and it's an equal achievement it doesn't Mm. feel quite as special, it doesn't have that same sort of tie of memory does it
0: Mm.
1: yeah I get you I get you
0: um, so I think to summarise, I think I think we've agreed um, Gareth Bale's performance against Inter Milan, or possibly Ma- Ma- Maradona's for best individual performance. I, I reckon Bale's myself. I think I for sheer individual
1: on. talent, I can go with it. Or, or do you reckon
0: Keane's Keen's? Can't give both awards to Keen, can we? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> True, true, and Roy Keane for the best captain. I think I think the only other one week put in the mix is company, but I think, yeah, I, think I, I had him as first. Roy Keane. Thanks for listening to the show. We did settle on Roy Keane and Gareth Bale as the two winners of the uh, best Evers this week. Also, check out our friends six hundred six v 2com who a sports forum full of lively debates. And stay safe. We'll see you next time on the Goals Allowed podcast.